The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance. Hello, everybody. My name is Nico, and I am the GM and host of Ethereal Embrace. Ethereal Embrace is a fictional murder mystery podcast that uses collaborative storytelling to narrate the adventure. It is a season-based show with 28 episodes, each episode is about a half hour long. The show follows Vartan and his two new companions, Baya and Ovik, as they attempt to uncover who murdered Vartan's father and what other mysteries are currently plaguing the town of Eterno. The show has magic, horror, fighting, humor, and more than one twist along the way. If you're into fantasy fiction with a more serious tone, you'll enjoy this. We use the Dungeons & Dragons 5e rule set to tell the story and create an extra element of randomness throughout the show. And what you're about to hear is episode 2 of the series. We hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. In the year 247, in the age of judges, Vartan was summoned home by a letter stating that his father had died under mysterious circumstances. Upon returning home, Vartan opened his mind to the possibility that his father's death and his hometown of Eterno was not everything that it appeared to be. Welcome to Ethereal Embrace. I'm Baya. And during the Middle Ages, people commonly had ale for breakfast, but now we just have one of everything for breakfast. I think we've made a grave error. Day 2. Morning. Kyrian's home. So the next morning, Vartan, you wake up. Let, let's, I guess, cover that real quick. How would you guys normally be in the morning? Like, are one of you guys early risers or one of you guys sleep inners? What would a morning routine be for you guys? Yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm an early riser. Bias. Bias as well. So is Ovik. Okay. So you're all you're all up and peppy in the morning and there's leftovers from the basket that you can use to make to eat some breakfast. Not a lot of food in the house outside of that. Yeah, so the the kitchen itself has dried spices in the shelves, jars of jam, pickled vegetables, and then there are like bowls and nets used for fresh veggies and and uh, fruits, but they're all empty. The ice box appears to have been cleaned and prepped for use, but there's no, there's no food in there at all either. The wood burner and stuff does not appear to have been used. So, so the kitchen is is pretty not used recently. But yeah, yeah. So you guys have breakfast, and then what are your plans? Where do you want to start? Baya would have been making preparations for all of it, like trying to serve them if they uh, would allow her and then getting us ready to do whatever we were going to do. Um, pr- probably, um, how long ago did, did the dad die? We we know it was at least, at least 12 days. 12 it was days. at least 12 days um, because it was at least eight days that it took the letter to get to Vartan and it was a total of, of about four days travel okay. to get back to, to home. So, okay. but that's just minimum. So it could have taken longer for the letter to get there. He just knows mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's fair. So, um, before we head out, um, <clears throat> before we head out, uh, Ovik, this house, there's, there's no food. There's nothing for me, you know, there's nothing. What's, why is there nothing? Well, yeah, Ovik, what did you, what were you eating? You just going out all the time? Just going to the inn to get food. Uh, after your father's passing, I didn't feel up to preparing anything, so it was just easier mm. to go to the inn and get food. And that's understandable. Plus, you didn't know if you'd get called away again, because your god called you away. Yeah. That's true. Uh, whenever my god feels it's time for me to move on, he lets me know and I'm gone. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably a good idea not to set up too many plans. Correct. But well, I mean, not even a banana, no fruits. I mean, they've got fruit <laughs> at the tavern. Okay. Well, I guess Let's, we can go to the tavern then. Yeah. Roll a perception check right before you go. All of you. I got a nine. A nine. I got a nat twenty. Ooh, <laughs> nice. What, so we are going to keep that rule in this as well. So roll again for your nat twenty. See if something epic happens. Nope. Okay. Buy a gut in 11. Okay. So the nat 20, you guys are just about to get ready to go. You finish up the dining room. And Ovik, you remember seeing something in the office on the desk that you thought was a little bizarre and it didn't really feel in place with all of the other professional stuff that was in there. Vartan, uh, before we leave, I noticed something in your father's office that didn't seem like it fit with anything else. I don't remember seeing him use it in the four months that I've been here. I was wondering if maybe you'd recognize it, if it's something from your childhood. Uh, if you want to come over here to the office, I can show you what it is. Yeah, let's go check it out. So we go to the office, and I point at it. So it's a bright orange sparkling stone that's teardropped in shape. Vartan, you cannot believe that you did that. This did not catch your eye the first time you went through the office here. Yeah, <laughs> but it is chilling on the desk amidst all of the there's there's a feathered pen, a quill, you know, and and ink jars, and there are candles on the desks, and books, and papers, and ledgers, and all sorts of business stuff that your father had. But aside from that, those business items, there's just this one gem sitting in the corner of the, the desk. Baya, go ahead and make an arcana check to see if you recognize what this is. I'm, I'm rolling poorly. <laughs> I got an eight. Okay. It, an eight doesn't doesn't quite do it. Like You know you've seen things like this before. You've seen them in you know with other spellcasters but you don't specifically know what it does you just know that other spellcasters have had this before are you other two proficient in arcana at all no no okay yeah so you don't um oh that that looks that looks very familiar um it's a uh, it's a it's a tool that uh, spellcasters use. I'm not super familiar with it. I've I've never used one, but it's it seems it seems very common. 
uh, among spellcasters. Are any of you spellcasters? Can't say I am. My god lets me cast some spells, but I'm not super skilled in the art. Have you ever seen one of these? Have any of your gods used? I recognize it. I've seen it before, but I couldn't tell you where or why they were being used. I can't recall ever knowing that my my father had this. Um, I mean, I spent a lot of time in this office and never seen it before. I, I know. So it's definitely new. He wasn't a spellcaster of any sort. I mean, maybe you wouldn't know um, in the last few years, but... I mean, he... He kept a lot of his past secret to me, so can't say I know a a whole lot about any magic. That's fair. Maybe uh, somebody else in town might know something of it. Let's take it with us. Yeah. I'm going to grab it and just stick it in my pocket. Okay. All right. And we can add that to your inventory anything oh uh with the 20 perception ovic you also for some reason your eye is drawn to the basement door and it seems like you're it seems like you've always known i mean that that basement door has been here for as long as you've been here right but it just seems odd for some reason but as soon as your eyes kind of go past it, that feeling fades, and and okay, you kind of forget about I it. Yeah, kind of forget about it. Uh, but yeah, so you guys continue on into town. Are you going to the tavern first? Yeah, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tavern is not too far away from your house. Actually, it's it's well within walking distance. Across the street from your house is the Temple of the Twelve. That is where Telmika resides and where people come to meet with her. And then through her backyard property area, I wouldn't even say three minutes walk, you can come out to another road that takes you right to the Last Stop Tavern. And yeah, the Last Stop Tavern is a two-story tavern. It's very small. Eterno doesn't have a lot of visitors that come through here, so you really don't need that big of a tavern. And when you do have festivals and item, you know, and, and reasons for people to come to town, a lot of people are coming back to see their families. So they typically stay with their families. They're not staying at the inn anyway. The occasional traveler might pop through, but that's why it doesn't even have a stable at, at this place. The stable was at your house now. Okay. Yeah, I must say, I'm going to try and avoid any eye contact with anybody as we pass by uh, Telmika's. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, just head on into the tavern. So you head into the tavern. There are two people inside right now. One is the obvious barkeep tavern owner. He's standing behind the bar, wiping it down with with a rag. Do I know him? You you don't really know him. You remember him from right before you left town. He had moved into town maybe a few weeks before you had left out for your adventure. You do remember that his name is Cody Rothfuss. He's an Azamar man. He's got dark eyes, hair, dark eyes and hair. A, a large sword hangs above his bar, and he's got a tired smile and old eyes but he's got the face of a middle-aged Azamar. so he just he just 
wears it older than than he appears to be. Um, yeah, yep. And so you see him in there, and then the you do see one patron in there as well who is sitting at a table uh, eating some breakfast, some eggs and potatoes. And she's just quietly eating her eggs and potatoes, and she smiles at you guys as you come in. And gives you a quick little nod before shoving a fork full of food into her mouth hungrily. <laughs> I'm just going to raise my hand and, like, just two fingers, just way better. Okay. Um, and I'm going to turn to Baya and Ovik and be like, you know what? This is my treat. Uh, y'all were such such welcoming folks that you know i i want to repay you for that and uh i'll get this meal for you oh you're so kind why don't i uh i'll I'll go order it for us and uh if uh do you know what you want um i'm not hungry i had some crackers that were left over from the basket food from the basket as well um maybe i'll take some a drink yeah i'll get the uh Every, uh, two of everything. Two of everything. Ooh, <laughs> sounds delicious. Okay, um, I'll get this. Baya walks up to the barkeep, Cody, and uh, says hello. Hi. H- Hi, how are you? Um, wonderful. Um, it's uh, it's a nice day out. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, we would like two of, I would like two of everything. Okay. Two of, two of everything. So eggs, potatoes, spinach salad. You want the ham Cucumbers, slices. tomatoes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I, Greens. I'm going to, I'm going to yell over from where I, where I am and say, uh, for starters. Yeah. For starters. Um, that's exactly what I would like. And, oh. and uh, maybe uh, three glasses of water. Oh, sounds okay. Good. Okay. Three glasses of water and two of everything. Yeah, uh, actually, for, for starters. Um, hold on, let me think. Uh, hey, uh, Vartan, do you want coffee or are you good with water? Yeah, let's get all of us a coffee too. Yeah. Um. Also. Right, and why? Also. Um. So three waters, three coffees, and three wines to go with two of everything to start, please. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's doable. It. And, I mean, and do, do we do I just sit anywhere, or is there a specific spot you would like us like me to be? No, that you sit anywhere you would like. Um, just just to be clear, that much. Food and drink is gonna be three gold. You're you're okay with that kind of spending? Three gold. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. Thumbs up. All right. Well, I I'm gonna reach over and put the three gold on the on the bar. I will get that right for you. Um, go ahead and take a seat wherever you're comfortable. Thanks, Cody. Cody uh looks at you kind of suspiciously and then turns around and gets to gets to work and shouts over his shoulder while his head is down he's like do you want you want those drinks first or do you want the food do you want to come with the food what's your i mean you good um two sets of drinks first your choice and then the third set with the food oh okay 
So he uh, he brings out the water and the coffee, or he, he starts brewing the coffee. So he brings out the water and the mold wine because those are already prepared and sets them on the table and then uh, he, he you know puts coffee on the kettle and or hot water you know starts making hot water and he starts going to work cooking so you guys can smell food getting uh getting cooked up and and he's just going to town while you guys are sitting at the table there doesn't this all doesn't it all smell so delicious you guys the wine is delicious very excited for this wine. I'm willing to share some of this food, but I'm probably going to eat it pretty fast. You know, I think that I think that grief eating is a thing that people do, and uh, I think that it's more appropriate for you to do that. So, you, you take you take your time and you take your uh, fork. And do what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so so yeah, so Cody brings out some. Some the cold food first. It's like no particular order at this point. He's just trying to accommodate your <laughs> <laughs> your request as much as possible and thinks you might be starving. So uh, brings out some some food and he's the he's a very quiet, reserved person. So so he doesn't do the typical banter that you would get at a normal tavern. But he's got the he's got the hot food cooking. And after shortly after bringing you guys the cold food, he brings out some coffee and and says, "Would you like another round of wine, or are you good still?" I think that this is plenty of wine. Thank you, though, good sir. Uh, we really appreciate it, Cody. Thank you. As you wish, and turns around to, to leave. Appreciate it. So the other the other traveler grabs Cody's attention and says. I, I would like a, another glass of mulled wine, if you would, Cody. Thank you. And Cody nods at her and continues on to the to the kitchen where he checks on the food and starts pouring her uh, another glass of mulled wine. Um, you do notice about this female tiefling that she is well armed and she is wearing armor right now. Uh, so she's. You know, she's carrying a sword. She's got a dagger on one side, sword on the other side, and uh, she does have um, even brass knuckles on, uh, on like her vest. Uh, but she she's got like weapons attached to her that she can readily use if the need be. Oh my! All that that nice young woman looks uh, strapped and ready to go, huh? Yeah, I reckon. Uh, may- maybe there's something going on here with uh Judge Greystone was saying he was having some issues, or I don't, I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but you think that might have something to do with with this? Are they 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 expecting an attack or something? I don't know. What do you think, Ovik? Um, this is quite unusual for such a small town. I haven't seen anyone armored like that in the time that I've been here. It's uh, probably best to ask the judge instead of speculating as to what's going on. That is very true. I think we should be a little bit friendly. See what's see what she's got to say. As I say, with like like a mouth half full of food or half full of like <laughs> fruit at this point, uh, I'm gonna swallow it. And uh, has Cody brought her wine back yet? Uh, yeah, he's just bringing it back just now, ma'am. You uh. 
care to join us? I'm going to raise my glass. She uh, takes the, the mulled wine from Cody and says, I, I would love that. That sounds wonderful. And starts to uh, stand up and hand her plate to Cody, her empty plate now, and uh, um, nods to him as she passes him by and starts making her way over to your table. Couldn't help but notice that you seem pretty armed to the teeth. And, uh, I mean, I haven't been in this town for a long time, but it was pretty peaceful. Um, I mean, are you prepared to fight anything? Oh, yes. I'm actually really new to this town as well, but I picked up some jobs working for the city guard. Um, they're, they're paying pretty decent right now each, each day. Have, did you just get to town? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been about 10 years and yeah, I just got, I just got in last night. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah, no, I, I'm a traveler, just happened to be right place, right time. City guard was hiring, so I picked up some work. And uh, you know how dangerous these roads can be traveling alone, so I'm well-versed in combat, and the the work's been eventful, to say the least. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a bit rude here. Um, my name's Vartan, and this is Baya and Ovik. She looks at you and says okay my name is magno uh, magno odd it's nice to meet you uh, nice to meet you as well baya would um say to ovik have you ever seen her around town i think she's new have you seen her no i've not seen her at the tavern she could be here when i'm not at the tavern. I've only come for meals since Kyrian passed, so she, I could have passed her in the streets. I don't know. Do you do you think that maybe we should ask her some questions about what kind of jobs that they had? Yeah, yeah that could be yeah. useful information. Let me ask her. Um, Magno, hi. Um... What kind of jobs are you doing around town? Is it, like, I mean, you're pretty armed. Like, uh, you know, was mentioned before, what kind of jobs could this town have that you need that type of armor? Yeah, so the city has been attacked several times recently. Have Are, are you familiar with Brass Cane at the City Guard? Baya's gonna look at at Ovik, or and Vartan, and with wide eyes, and shrug her shoulders. Be kind of like, uh, just be like, you, you're telling me that the brass cane is is a leader of the city guard now. I I guess he was a leader when I got here, but I mean, granted, I've only been here for a couple weeks, so. Oh, I uh, mean. I didn't expect him to be that ambitious. Um, well, I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe after after we talk to, to Greystone, maybe we can head on over there and see what's going on. Yeah, the, the work's good. I mean, most nights we just defend the farmlands around the town, and nothing really happens, but we have had a couple eventful nights, so we could always use the extra... The extra hands, at least I think so. 
have have you heard of anything going on up at the at the stables? At the stables? Yeah. Not that I'm aware of. Up at uh Kirian's house. You know where you know about that. I I haven't heard anything about the the stables. I mean, you you've been here for a little bit. Uh you hear anything about Kirian? Well, I heard Kirian died a little a little while ago. That was pretty much right when I got here though. They found his body um out in the woods. Hold on. So, you found him out in the woods. Uh yeah, away from away from the city. Yeah, they somebody found him and brought him back, but it was kind of hush-hush. The only reason I found out about it is because I'm housing my horse up at the stables, and I go to check on her from time to time. Well, I, re- I reckon we'll run into each other up, up there. Um, that's my, my father's house. Oh. And uh, so... I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, it's, it's all right. So what what area of the woods did you find him in? Or what did they find him in? Do you, do you know that? I... I do not know that. It it wasn't me that found him. From what I understand, one of the farmers found him. Terra Neal, Fallen Cloud? You, you recognize that name and you know which farmer that is. There's only two farmers here in town, uh, two two large farmers. And uh, she says, Terra Neal's the one who, who found the body out in the woods. All right. Well, I, I appreciate that information. Uh, I mean... Just getting in and everything. Uh, you happen to know who's taking care of uh, the stables and the horses and and the grounds up there? I believe it is Emery, the Arcanist. Her place is over in the bricks, but I, I've seen her up there a few times working on the flowers and on the bushes and whatnot. All right. All right. Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, hey, where's that food at? <laughs> I was gonna say, did she did she walk away? No, she's still sitting there. Oh, she's still sitting there. Um, she after Vartan said, Where, "Where's the food?" She looked over her shoulder at Cody to see uh, Cody walking towards you guys with uh, several hot plates on a platter, and he just sets the entire platter down in the middle of the table and says, "There, there you go. I hope you enjoy. Appreciate it." Yum, yum. Absolutely. He turns around and pulls the cloth off his shoulder and starts heading back up to the bar to wipe down the mess that he made while cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start eating. All right. Magno says, would you you mind if I grabbed a few of those mushrooms? Those look look wonderful. Help yourself. She digs right in. Thank you, she says with a mouthful of food. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ethereal Embrace and a Fool's Quest production. Vartan the Furbog Fighter is voiced and played by Adam Culbertson. Baya Rustin, the half-elf sorcerer, is voiced and played by Tisha. Ovik the Tiefling Cleric is voiced and played by Chris Johnson. And I am Nico, your GM. Please remember to drop us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatcher. Music provided in part by Midnight Syndicate, makers of the original Dungeons & Dragons soundtrack. If you would like to follow us on social media or say hello to the cast, details on where to find us will be in this episode's notes. Remember, be safe, we love you all, and stay foolish.